Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. talk about the resurrection, there are so many different stories you can choose. I mean, literally. I mean, you, you, could, you can talk about, you could use Paul and how he talked about the resurrection. You could actually preach the resurrection directly from Jesus. But today I decided, you know what, I want to I, I I talk from the voice of Peter this morning. I, wa- I want to share with you from 1 Peter, the resurrection, because I believe in that particular scripture we find what, where the hope is in the resurrection. So if, if you have your worship guide, guess what? We, we did you a favor. We put all of the Scripture you need in there. So if you don't have your Bible, you don't have to worry about it. We don't have few Bibles, but we do have that. So you'll find the Scripture there. And I'm going to be reading from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Follow along with me. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Let me pause real quick. We were born again because something happened. We weren't born again because we just decided to be. Something happened. A real situation happened. A historic event happened that forever changed life. And because that thing happened called the resurrection, we have been born again. Continuing on. Now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Anybody want an inheritance like that? Oh, I know I do. I know I do. This kind of inheritance, you can't put a dollar sign on. This type of inheritance, there is no real value to place on it. It is so big, so grandiose, so powerful and mighty, you can't even really put weight to how big it is. Oh, I want that kind of inheritance. And the world can't defile it. It won't decay. It doesn't have an expiration date. You don't have to wait till you're 25 to sign off and begin to reap the benefits of it. Y'all know what I'm talking about because some of y'all have inheritance. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. That's the part we don't like. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests purified gold. 
though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You know why I chose Peter to talk about hope today? Peter had a legitimate reason, a legitimate reason to feel hope. Why? Because Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, the one whom Jesus said, you are the rock that I'm going to build this church upon, betrayed him. He denied him three times. Now, that may not make sense to a lot of us, but just imagine, if you will, and I have my very, very, very best friend in the house today since third grade. Just imagine whoever your very best friend is. It could be your spouse betraying you. You know they're going to betray you. They do it. Can you imagine the guilt that rests upon them for a lifetime? And that's what Peter was dealing with. But Peter, oh boy, Peter, the one who was close to Jesus, one of Jesus' closest buddies, his closest disciples who betrayed him, had reason to feel hopeful. Because, and we'll get into this a little bit later, I'm not going to go too deep. If you all remember, after the resurrection, when the Holy Spirit came back upon him, when Jesus came and spoke to him and gave him some instruction, Peter had a sudden urge of courage and stood before thousands of people that spoke different languages, that looked different, that didn't come from the same background. And he preached like he had never preached before. He preached the socks off the people who were wearing them that day. Because y'all know they wore sandals. He preached like it was nobody's business. And 5,000 or more came to Christ that very day. Now, if I betray my best friend, if I hurt my best friend, and my best friend uh, tells me, you know, you're going to betray me, and I hurt him, and I mess him up. I don't think that I have the power to do that. I don't think that he's going to bless me with such a reward. I don't think that he would even think twice about giving me such powers after I've denied him. But Peter had reason to be hopeful, and today I'm going to share that with you. It's hard for a lot of Christians. I'm not going to even talk about people who don't identify themselves with this faith. It's hard for a lot of Christians to embrace this thing called hope, especially when it comes to the resurrection. And the reason is, is because a lot of us Christians still find it difficult to believe that a man literally died. We can, we can believe that part. I believe that maybe this innocent man was beat up, was spat upon. He did, he was nailed to the cross. As a matter of fact, scholars, even Jewish scholars and non-believers believe that was true. Even Muslims identify that that occurrence did happen. But what separates us is the part where they say three days later, this man got up. But here's the part that I want to drive home to you. I've done extensive research. I've looked at this and read different scholarly reports and geographical reports. And here's what I've discovered. The historicity of the resurrection is real. Here's how I know. And you can find most of these facts right in your Bible. 
when the when the ladies went and discovered Jesus, they were looking for the burial place and they went to the tomb, it was empty. Now watch what happens here. That's easy because they were believers. Like, yeah, they could say it was empty. But the Sanhedrin, those those religious folk there, the, the hierarchy there, when they went there, even they said, yes, there's a tomb and it is empty. They would not make such a claim publicly if it would not shame them. They would not make such a claim publicly about seeing this thing because they were against Christianity. But for them to make such a claim that, yes, the tomb was empty, they are indeed acknowledging the fact that, okay, there was a person that was crucified. Last night we did put him there. It's empty. So here's what they did. Y'all stole it. Y'all stole the body. By saying they stole it, what they're trying to do is backtrack and say, you know what? We did put a body there, but it's impossible for any human being, any one man to move it in the middle of the night. Here's the other part. There were guards there all night long. Roman guards that were there that guarded the place and they weren't in on the game. They didn't get any money trying to help. They weren't. They hated Jesus, too. They didn't like him. He was despised to them too. So they didn't want in on the game. There was no, no hookup. There was no, no game plan here. They just were there and they themselves cannot explain what happened this day. Many scholars, even those who doubt the resurrection, here's what I say when it comes to argument. If you say something about me, you say, you know what, brother, that's wrong. Then my job is not to prove that it's right. It's your job to prove that it's wrong. And many historians and many scholars have had difficulty for hundreds and hundreds of years proving that the resurrection is not true. And no evidence has been found to prove that it's not true. The only evidence that's been proven is that there was a man who was killed, who died, who was buried in a tomb with a very heavy ton, uh, uh, with a heavy, very very heavy stone that weighed over a ton that was guarded by Romans. And yet it was empty. That is a fact. And so I think that if in this moment, and I want to talk about this history piece just for a little bit, because what I'm going to say later on, everything that I'm going to push you toward in the next part is so important that you get that this was a real event that did happen. Jesus is a real person who died a, 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 a guiltless death. And he died it for you and I. And if you can get that in your spirit, everything else that I say today, I promise you, will help you along the way. I promise you, this thing was real. The resurrection of Christ was real. It did happen. It did happen. And here's here's what I like to tell y'all. And y'all know me for my regular folk. Don't take my word for it. Do the research yourself and you will find that no one, No historian, no archaeologist, no one has been able to prove that it did not happen. And in an argument, you I don't have to prove my truth. You have to prove that I'm not true. So get that part. The resurrection is real. Got it, Pastor B. What's next? Here's the good news. The resurrection was real. And the best part is that because it is so real, that means that there's hope. For you and I, 
because the resurrection is real, everything else that Jesus promised that he said long time ago is also real and attainable. Even though he said it 2,000 plus years ago, it's still attainable and real and relevant and available and accessible to you and I today. Get that part. It's real, available, accessible even today. So if the resurrection is real, the promises he made are real. And I'm going to get into those promises in just a minute. If you are taking notes, here's what I want to tell you. The resurrection is real. We got that in our spirit. I think we, I think we believe it. Some of y'all are skeptical. You will Google it. You'll send me an email saying, man, you were right. And I'll say, yeah, I know. Told you so. And I'm one of those people that will say that. I know. Told you so. Na 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 boo boo. Anything else you want to test me on? Listen up. Watch this. There are three reasons. Three reasons that you need to rejoice and have hope. Three reasons you should have hope and rejoice today. The very first one, because of the resurrection, watch this. Your past has been forgotten. This is why Peter should feel so hopeful. This is why Peter is so hopeful. This is why he, he, he's so perfect for this illustration. He denied his best friend. He denied his teacher. He denied the person that with everything he saw, he hung out with him. He saw Jesus walk on water. He saw him perform miracles. He saw him do some amazing things. And Jesus said, you'll do these things and more. He even let him walk on the water for like a half a step. Would have been longer, but Peter doubted, right? This man who's done all of this stuff, Jesus said, when the cock crows, you will deny me. And he denied him. And this part of the scripture is so wonderful for Peter. This is why he shares it, because his past was indeed forgotten. Man, I thought I would get more amens than that. Because I know there's some imperfect people that came in here with just five minutes of a past that you know you need prayer over right now. I don't mean to beat nobody up this morning. But I don't think that I'm talking to a room full of holy people. I think that I'm talking to a room full of people that look just like me, that are flawed. I think that I'm talking to a room full of people that are broken. I think I'm talking to a room full of people that at some point, if not now, have had some troubles or some situations that needed prayer in their life. It may not be you today, but it will be you someday. I firmly believe that. And, and, and so when, when I say that because of the resurrection, there's hope for Peter. This was great news. My past is forgotten. In other words, Jesus like, you know what? You dissed me, homeboy, but you know what? We good. I got word for you. And he's saying the same thing to you. You know what? You didn't pray enough, but you know what? We good. You know what? Uh, uh, I needed you to serve that person and you ignored them. You know, when I had that person on the side of the road and you thought that they were going to use your money for drugs. No, that was me. But you ignored them. We good. I'm going to hook you up again. I'm going to give you another shot. The time when you cussed somebody. The time when you didn't love your wife right. The time when you ignored some things that were important. The time when you know you could have stepped up and been the hands and feet of Christ here on earth and you ignored the call on your life. Jesus says, you know what? It's good. Your past is forgotten. Why? Because of the resurrection. Let me tell you something about the past and the importance of the resurrection. Often y'all hear people say this. He defeated death. Right? 
Jesus died on the cross and, and he defeated death. You know what that really means? Before Christ, literally, sin meant death. The Roman citizens, the Roman government, if you sinned, depending on your sin, you were dead. And if it didn't mean they were going to kill you, literally, they killed certain parts of your body. Let me tell you, if you stole something, yeah, that's a hand. I'm not making this up. Do your research. If you were caught in adultery, what happened with the woman that was caught in adultery? Huh? They weren't taking her to the courthouse to say, get a divorce. They're like, we're going to kill her. Sin meant death. And because Jesus stood upon that cross, took the pain for you and I, we don't have to pay for it. Because he died upon that cross, the penalty, the price has already been paid. That's good. Because he died, you don't have to. And because he died, now watch this. When you sin, grace is extended. Perhaps you don't know what grace is. Grace is God giving you what you Say that again. Thank you. He's giving you what you don't. He's not. It's not giving you what you do deserve. Right? Because when you sin, you deserve to be punished. Huh? We do that to our kids. Oh, you mess up. You see the time out or the severity of the crime. We spare not the rod. No defects, folks, in here, right? That's biblical defects. Y'all better leave me alone. Take it up with Jesus. I love scripture. I honor scripture. Amen. Can I get a witness? Oh, ain't none of my kids in here to be a witness. <laughs> but real talk, literally, if you sinned, it meant death. But when Jesus died on that cross, no longer did we have to die for our sins. We could be extended grace. We could be forgiven so that we can forgive others. That's great news on this resurrection Sunday. Let me, let me give you a second point, if, if, if I could here. Your present will be handled. Your present will be handled. Watch this. 1 Peter verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 3b and 4. Watch this. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great at expectation here's the part catch this and we have a priceless inheritance an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you watch this is the part you got to get it's pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay let me tell you about the inheritance part first you might you might get excited if this was a pentecostal church i may even get a runner watch this the inheritance is in reference to his promises. The inheritance is a direct reference to his promise. Matter of fact, the Greek word in this, in this area talks, it, it refers to the promises. So when he says your inheritance, he's specifically directly speaking of his promises. What are his promises, Pastor B? Uh, the promise not to ever leave or forsake you. Uh, the, the promise to, to provide all of your needs. Watch this. Not according to Bank of America's glory, but to his riches and glory. Uh, the, the, the promise to, to heal those who are afflicted, to, 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 to heal the brokenhearted. The promise to be with you to the end of the day. So many promises. And he keeps those promises. And here's the other part. It's not able to be decayed. 
There's no expiration date. Watch this. And it's undefiled. What does undefiled mean? It means that even if you sin, he still keeps his promise. Even if you don't show up, he'll still show out. Woo, that's good. I'm preaching. Somebody say amen. Listen, it means that no matter what you do, no matter what others say about you, no matter what others believe about you, watch this, no matter what you believe about yourself, he will still keep his promises. You just got to believe. You've got to hold on to the promises. He's made them for you today. Watch this. If you know my story, I wasn't supposed to be standing here in this pulpit as a pastor. Never imagined it in a million years. There are people that still say, wow, you're a pastor? And it's not because I was a big sinner. I was that. Let me tell the truth. I was that. My mama's here. She can attest to that. But I wasn't a believer. I thought that I was God. Me and my brothers, we called ourselves gods. We thought we were God. We controlled our destiny. We controlled everything. I didn't believe that there was anything greater than me. I was a five percenter. As a matter of fact, when people used to call my mother's house and say, can I speak to Shabazz? She would say, Shabazz, don't live here and hang up. (laughs) She didn't support that movement. I love you, Mom. (laughs) But that's the truth. I was not a believer. But somebody had been praying for me for a long time. And, 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 and somebody had been, 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 been prophesying over my life for a long time. Somebody saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. So even when I was in the world and even when I thought I was God, God was saying, I'm going to let you think that for now. But when you need me, I'm here. And here's what I know. Some of us don't know we need God until we need him. You don't know you need God until you need him. We can pray, we can shout, we can praise, but when we get to a moment where we need God, he is there. Your present is taken care of. Now, now, here's what that means. Promise not to leave or forsake you. Some people in this room right now have a need. Many of us think our, 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 our need is, a, uh, our want is a need, but that's not true. God will take care of you the part that we struggle with is that it don't look like what we thought it would look like he promised to take care of all your needs he even says in scripture the birds don't even worry about what they're gonna eat do you think he would take better care of a bird than his own image you and i all of our needs are met Our present is taken care of. We don't have to worry about it. It may not look like we thought it would look. It may not look like we want it to look. It may not be as shiny as we desire it for it to look. But here's the point I'm trying to make. It is taken care of. Stop worrying. Worry will kill you. Worry will kill you. Stop worrying. Whatever it is, even if it's an ailment, if it's a sickness, if it's financial, whatever it is, if you're having problems in your relationship, God will take care of it. You've got to believe it. Stop trying to figure it out on your own. Too many of us are trying to play God and we're not, we're not qualified. That's good news for somebody today. Here's the third and final point, and then we're going to feed you all this morning. Because of the resurrection, you should rejoice 
And you should hold on to that hope because your future is secured. That's, that's great news. Your future is secured. One of my favorite scriptures, and, and, and if you've been with me long enough, you know it. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, and they are for good. So whenever I find myself in a season that does not look like what that prophecy says, I begin to go back and read it, and I begin to recite it. For I know the plans that I have for you, and they are good. I write it on my mirror. For I know the plans that I have for you, and they are for good. I begin to recite it. For I know the plans I have for you, and they are good. And then I begin to say to myself, Broderick, God says, I know the plans I have for you, and they are for good. And I begin to believe it, and all of a sudden, the rainbow starts to come out, and everything is good. Your future is secure. I don't care what right now looks like. Tomorrow is better. Here's the best part. If you just hold on till tomorrow, God is already there waiting for you. You just got to hold on until tomorrow. And then if you hold on a little longer, he's there next month. He's there next year. He is there. You've got to believe. I've never known God to make a promise. I tried. I'm not lying because I'm a skeptic, y'all. I said, man, I hear preachers say this crap all the time. God never breaks a promise. I read that Bible from the index to the maps, and I even believe the maps are true. I read it in the Bible, the beginning to the end, and I says, doggone it, he never did break a promise. I said, well, well, let me not just read this Christian Bible. Let me read some other stuff, and I begin to read the Apocrypha. Yeah, don't, don't worry about that. Just Google it. So I read the Apocrypha, and even in there, he didn't break a promise. I says, oh, no, 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 no. okay, God is so big. He's so wonderful, and I know this thing called Islam was born out of Christianity, so let me see what they say in the Quran. And I read that, and God was still God and never broke a promise. I said, man, that, that's, that's not enough. Let me read this Jehovah's uh, Witness Bible and see what they say. And I read that as well, and he didn't break a promise. I think that they're going to be disappointed because not all of them going to make it because I think it's like 130 going to make it up there. I don't know. I'm, the number might be wrong. I don't know. I read all of these different books, and I went back to the Torah, which is the, 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 the five books of Moses, and I read that, and he never broke a promise. Matter of fact, even if he told you he was going to smite you, he did it. When he said, listen, put some paint on the door because I'm about to wipe these folk out. They hard-headed. He went and wiped them out, didn't he? You know what? I'm going to cause a plague. He did everything he said he was going to do, even the bad stuff. And here's the good news for you and I. He did that many years ago, and he's still doing it today. He's still doing it today. Those promises don't have an expiration date, y'all. They're not like the gift card you get at Christmas. These things last forever. The only time it doesn't work is when you turn away from it. The only time those promises don't become a reality in your life is when you try to figure stuff out on your own. The only time it doesn't apply to you is when you feel that you're greater than God, you know way more than him, you have more resources than him, you're far more powerful than he is, so you're going to figure this out because God has taken too long. One of the greatest resources God created is the diamond. 
The diamond starts out, my brothers and sisters, in the center of the earth as a lump of coal. And when you pull said diamond up, it just, it don't look like a diamond. You'd be amazed. You'd be like, whoa, that's a diamond? Yeah, it's a diamond. It sat in the center of the earth, dirty, filthy, looked valueless, didn't have any worth from the sight, from the vision, from what you see from it. But then it takes a master jeweler to examine it and say, you know what? Let me begin to chisel all of the unnecessary stuff from this diamond. And then while I'm chiseling, let me spray it. Let me, let me beat it up a little bit. Let me shape it. Let me form it. And then it becomes this very rare jewel. How many of you know there are no identical diamonds? Each diamond is precious in its own way. Each diamond has its own value. It has its own flaws. It has its own shape. But that diamond was a mess. It sat in the center of the earth. It had to be dug out. It had to be chiseled. It had to be beat up. It had to be then shaped and molded before it found its value. And we, my brothers and sisters, are like a diamond in the center of the world called earth. And God has to pick us out of the dirt chisel all the stuff that is not necessary, mold and shape us, and then stamp us with his approval. So then, and only then, do we really understand our worth. We don't need a jeweler. We don't need social media. We don't need friends. We don't even need our pastors trying to define our worth. We don't need family trying to define our worth. God has already defined that. We are like that diamond and our futures are secure. I'm going to wrap it right here. Take this with you if you don't take anything else. Jesus hung up for our hangups. He hung on the cross for our flaws. He died so that we didn't have to die when we missed the mark. He died so that we can have liberty. Do you understand how important and wonderful that is to be able to choose stuff, even choose where we worship, even choose when we worship? He gave us that. He died a real painful death for you and I, but it wasn't in vain. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.